When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, we're back. Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us. AuburnLive.com. If you're not a part of the community, please go uh, join. It's uh, it's we're growing like crazy. So AuburnLive.com. I'm Justin Hokinson. With me is former Auburn safety football player, columnist for AuburnLive.com. Pretty much Mr. Do Everything. Rob Pate. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, how are you? Worried. Good. How about that? How about how about Getting out on a uh, on a good good foot there. Getting out on a on a, on a win. It was yeah. weird, like looking at the schedule. First time it was kind of weird to think about. It's the first time since October 30th of last year that you've left a game with a you know Auburn winning a football game. Yeah, I know it's a long time, but it feels Pretty good to, to win again. You know, I mean, I, I I've been on the uh, on the other end of games like that where we should have lost to App State my yeah. junior year at Auburn where we uh, began a, a new season with Tommy Tuberville. And so we had the scare of our life um, against a team that was uh, similar to Mercer at that time. So, um, you know, I, I celebrate all wins. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was a Ronnie Daniels late touchdown, yeah. right? Yeah, that was when uh, when Ben Leard took the job from Gabe Gross. Yeah. Well, let's just start there. Um, let's just talk about the quarterbacks, dude, because – you know, we followed fall camp. We know it's an issue. We know that there's not a guy that's just head and shoulders above, you know, anybody at this point. Um, Finley didn't, you know, has to be really disappointed with how he played. Now Robbie Ashford's getting more snaps. I mean, what do you make of – what do you make of the situation as it is right now? I mean, do you think it's a situation that is on the right trajectory to play itself out to be a, a good thing for Auburn, or is this – on a path to like not good things. What's your take on, on this thing? I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a path to, to, you know, nothing good. I mean, anytime you have a quarterback come in and, and look as good as Robbie did, um, that's nothing but positive. And, um, you know, I, I hate that, that he couldn't do that in the off season, um, that he couldn't take the steps necessary to, um, um, to secure a job um, before game one or game two. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's obvious that the coaching staff wanted to bring other guys in from other programs and challenge TJ for that position. And really those guys just didn't do a good enough job to get it done. I mean, I was witness to that in, in scrimmages and, and saw it with my own eyes. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a credit to TJ for battling those guys and not going down without a fight. But also, you know, the onus is on them to go win a job, and, and they didn't do it. Um, I, I knew – I think a lot of people knew that, that this would be a game, and I think this coming up week will be a game where Robbie looks really good because Robbie's going to be one of the best athletes on the field. 
Um, that's not going to be the case. He won't have that luxury when Penn State walks in, you know, when you start getting into SEC play. And so the things that Robbie is able to get away with now are not going to be a part of the offense um, to, the, to that degree going forward. So I do think TJ, you know, having somebody to push him is beneficial. Um, he's got to take care of the football. I mean, you can't walk out of games down 2-0 in turnovers and expect to walk out a winner. You're only going to do that against the Mercers on your schedule, and that, that's there's no more of those. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's ultimately good to have somebody that can come in and, and be that guy and can compete for that job and maybe potentially take that position over. Um, but Robbie's going to have room to grow. Um, TJ's definitely got room to grow. And, um, you know, ultimately things will hinge on how much growth they get as this season goes forward. Yeah, and I'll say, look, um, I mean, I wouldn't count out Zach Calzada yet. No, I, I don't think anybody is. Yeah, you, you I, can't. I, I, I mean, I, you, you can't. You can't. I mean, there's the experience that Calzada has. You can't mm-hmm. replicate that. He's yeah. been successful in his one big games. TJ hasn't done that. Um, you know, he he's a guy that. Um, you know, he threw a lot of interceptions last year, but he also rose to some big-time moments. Um, so he's got it in him. But, again, the onus was on Zach Calzada to come in and win that job, and he couldn't do it. Um, yeah. In fact, he couldn't even get in, into the mix at, as, the, as the backup. So, um, you know, it, it's all going to depend on what's going on between their heads, um, how these guys handle adversity, Um how they relate to being the guy that gets fewer snaps. Can, can he, can he build up his reps in another way? Can he stay um, involved with the team? Can he still keep that continuity with receivers? Um, you know, those are the things that you just don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of has to be ingrained in the player. Uh, and I don't know him well enough to know who has that, and who doesn't. I know Zach did a lot of it in the off season. And I know he had a good rapport with a lot of these uh, uh, receivers but uh, there was just something off with him in camp. I, I don't know what it was, but um, um, you know he'll yeah. he'll definitely have to he'll have to improve mentally from from being demoted essentially. Yeah, um, and he'll have to get the whatever physical things are ailing him to improve for him to to have a chance. Yeah, yeah. There were some things going on, I think, before that first scrimmage that. Um, well, we don't have to really get into it, but physically, I don't think he was 100. percent I'll say that. And so, anyway, it'll be interesting to see because you really got San Jose State, and then you know Penn State comes to town. So, what do you try to figure out the next week? Do you feel like you got to get Zach Calzada a drive in this game? I mean, if you're looking at if you look at what you saw from T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford, it's it'd be hard for me not to go. How can we not? give Calzada a drive and get something on film with him. I mean, is anybody yeah. just ready to put the bank account on, on either one of these guys? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if there's an injury to Finley, then what do you, if you want to do a two, two quarterback system, if Finley were to go down, well, Zach's now your two quarterback system with Ashford. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. They got one game to kind of figure some things out. I think it'll be a little bit more, I think it'll. I think I don't think it would be as vanilla um, uh, against San Jose State as Mercer. I think you'll see a little bit more, but um, yeah, it'll I, be think a, good, I think it's definitely a good idea to get Zach, you know, 
get him a series, give him, give him two series, because some guys are just gamers. Some guys, when the lights come yeah. on, they turn it to another level and they play in a way that you never would have imagined. And for guys that had to compete for a, for a position where they were wearing orange jerseys, totally different than when the bullets are flying. So I think you see that some in TJ with some of the decisions that get made in a scrimmage where he knows he can't be hit versus in a game where he knows he can. The other thing that I think is imperative is you got to give Robbie, you got to give him the full playbook when he's out there. I mean, he threw it some, he ran it a lot. I know he can make the throws when they're predetermined and he's got one-on-one situations. I want to see yeah. Robbie read a defense. You know, I want to see him drop back and have to go through progressions and, and, and throw some intermediate throws, throw some balls with touch, rifle some into small windows, and, and just see how he operates when that, that system. But now, they had TJ doing more of that, Robbie doing less of that. So Robbie didn't really have the opportunities to make the bad decisions that TJ did. I'm ready to see him put in that position to see um, kind of how he handles that as well. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting to see kind of what, what, what goes, I think it's a big week. I wrote on the website, I said, look, I mean, this week in this game could very well determine the starter against Penn state. I mean, given the current state of things and TJ opened that door, TJ was the starter and he opened that door with two interceptions. Um, if he doesn't do that, then we're not, we're not talking about this like we are, but he opened the door and Ashford made a couple of plays. And so now you got to go. Okay. And it's really more indictment on Finley. I mean, Ashford kind of did what you thought he'd do, made some, made a couple of plays. It's more an indictment on TJ and his two interceptions. That can't happen against Mercer. Um, two bad decisions. That that those were concerning. Those weren't a tip ball. Hey, that's not his fault. Those were concerning for start one right out of the gate to the guy you named the starter. Those things were. Those things were concerning. What, what else did you see against Mercer? Um, and obviously, they got the quarterbacks. I mean, everything else was pretty, you know, I mean, they ran the ball. They stopped the run. Um, yeah. Anything stand out to you in that game? Uh, you know, from a positive standpoint, I thought that uh, Cam Riley stood out. I mean, how could he not? Yeah. He seemed like he was all around the ball, um, had a great game, looked apart. I questioned that a little bit, just seeing him in the scrimmage. He's, he's so long. Sometimes from a, from a leverage standpoint, that can actually be a disadvantage. Um, I thought he played great. I'll be interested to see how he plays against better teams from yeah. a um, just a concerning, you know, I'm not really sure what the what the philosophy was around this, but the lack of rotation along the defensive front. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I kept waiting to see Jeffrey Emba come in. I kept waiting to see some of the transfers come in um, and just didn't see a ton of it. You know, they kept sending the same edges out there, rotated the tackles a little bit, but not much. Those guys played a lot of snaps. They did. I talked about that on the site. It, that was like Morris Joseph Jr. played. Matter of fact, I got it right here in front of me. Morris Joseph Jr., for instance, is a guy that we heard a lot about as a really quality reserve guy. He played yeah. six snaps. Yeah. Um, Eugene Asante played five snaps. Um, you know, Marcus Bragg played 11, but you look up at the top and it's like 57 for Bridges, 57 for Leota. 56 for Puckett, 53 for Hall. I mean, that's basically all the snaps. And it's like that way on offense, too. I mean, Javaris Johnson only played 15 snaps. Um, Camden Brown played six snaps. Um, some well, Javaris, weird, Javaris weird Johnson is the one that, that's going to have to get on the field more. When, yeah. when we were able to watch scrimmage, he was uncoverable. And yeah. every time I was asked if there was a guy that I thought TJ or any of the quarterbacks would develop an early rapport with, that's the guy that I mentioned because he can just get open. 
And yeah. too many times we've had games where he's had the opportunity to make big plays and he's come through quite often. So, um, you know, like seeing him out there, I know that, that uh, Dawson is very similar and they like his playmaking ability. But again, uh, Javaris is just, he's a guy that given the opportunities, he's maximized them. And, and so I think he's, he's earned the ability to, uh, uh, to get out there and see if he can make plays. But, you know, a guy like uh, Landon King, I mean, you hear so much about him and his ability and his matchup and, you know, just the prowess in the red zone and that kind of thing, and then he doesn't even touch the field. Um, those things happen, I get it, but, uh, you know, I know that's disappointing for those guys too. I mean, you got a special player. The last time he was on that field, he made a sensational catch in an overtime setting against your arch rival, and then he doesn't play. Um, yeah. You know, you're trying to work those guys into the fold. Yeah, Landon will get his opportunity. I just don't know when. And I'm not sure, you know, it'll be, it'll be the right situation, right time. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I know he wants to be out there more, but he's, you know, he's not he's not quite ready to be yeah. out there as a receiver. But he is a situational guy. Javaris has moved back to the starter at that H position ahead of Dawson now heading into week two. Um so he should get more than 15 snaps. I mean, yeah. 15 snaps, he touched the ball six times of those 15. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's the, – the the snap counts is something I mentioned too, like Camden Brown played six snaps. I mean, that, yeah. that was odd. That was odd. Um, and so that's got to change this week, man. You you got to get – like Morris Joseph Jr. needs to play 15 snaps or Camden needs 12 snaps. Like so these guys – some of these guys need need more snaps. Then you get into Penn State. And some of your key guys, whether it's reserve, some of your key second string guys are only going to have a handful of plays under their belt. Um, and that's not a good recipe with the schedule. I mean, it's about to turn into a gauntlet. So I'm just really surprised. But at the same time, you know, they're your first two games. So it's like you yeah. kind of were in a position of, well, I mean, we can't just right out of the gate play play the backups, you know. I mean, so you got to get them in there. You got to get all these guys snaps. But um, you, you need to try to save their legs when you can. And maybe San Jose State is, is that game where you try to work those guys in a little bit more. But that was one of my big – that was one of my big sort of takeaways was kind of just looking at that curiously as, as, you know, what went into some of those decisions. I mean, Eugene Asante is still getting into the mix, but just four snaps. and Yeah. Uh, it was just – those were real – I mean, Shed Jackson was on the field at the end of the game. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, Capers and Brown are his backup, and Capers and Brown, I think, combined for 10 snaps. I mean, it shows that's you how, how I felt. That that's is, how but... I felt my last spring game, man. My last spring game as a senior, I'm like, what am I? I'm out here at the end of the game, man. I've I played like 50 games at Auburn. Why am I still out here? But, um, no, I agree. I mean, you you got to get those guys. you got to trust them. I think that's what it boils down to. You know, at some point you have to say, we've repped this enough we believe in these guys enough. We brought them into, into here. We've put them in this position. Now let them go out there and see if they can get it done. And, and I think they're still just trying to develop that. And, um, you know, they'll get there. I, I like the way defensively we tackled. I thought that's another positive from this. We didn't miss a lot of tackles. Um, guys seemed to, to, to really hold their assignments. I, I've heard some people kind of complain, but we didn't have a sack against Mercer. That's terrible. Mercer moved the pocket. I mean, those guys, half rollouts, um, you know, he was a moving target the entire time, um, you know, so I, I don't I don't think that that's going to be a big deal at all. Um, so I, I think defensively that there's a lot to like. I think offensively um, it's just going to hinge on quarterback play and, and how well we can, we can run the football. Yeah, they uh, – uh, 
San Jose State, obviously, is Auburn's next opponent. Um, they beat Portland State by four in the opener. Portland State had seven sacks. So I would think Auburn's going to get a few more sacks against San Jose State than uh, than Mercer. Mercer had a pretty good game plan. I wasn't super impressed with Auburn's secondary game one. And and what's funny is, I, I mean, I'm, I said that. I wrote in one of the storylines on Monday morning, I said, hey, I, the secondary needs a bounce back week. Like, I just didn't think they showed much. There was obviously they gave up two passing touchdowns. They gave up, I think Mercer was eight of nine on third down passing. Not all, I think five were first downs, but they're completing yeah. all. Just that group didn't seem to be aggressive. And then we talked to Brian Arson on Monday afternoon, and he absolutely says the same thing. He says, yeah, you know, they there's room for improvement there. They need to get better. I, I want when the ball's in the air, we need to be competing for the ball. And so, that was kind of one of that 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 group we talked about in the offseason, I think has athletes, but um, I didn't think that that's a group that's going to lock anybody down. Um, yeah. But need to see a little bit more out of them. Caden Bridges is new in there. But, but, but Simpson, Pritchett, and, and Kaufman are experienced players. And so I think that group will get better as the season goes on, but wasn't super impressed with, with them in, in, in week one. I mean, I mean, if you think about what you got coming down the line, a lot of improvements got to be made with that group when you start yeah. getting into some of the passing offenses in the SEC. So that that's a group that now I was looking at it first thinking maybe linebackers. I don't know what Cam Riley is. I don't exactly know what Steiner is. Now you see Cam Riley and now look at the secondary. And now my attention sort of goes to the secondary and says, okay, that's, that's a group now that they need to be, they need to, and that could have been Schmetting. He could have been, that could have been a real soft coverage. Yeah. It could have been a lot of, Hey, just, you know, let's just work on the base stuff. And, but they're going to have to, be a lot more competitive when the ball's in the air. Yeah, I think that you you hit it right there when you said you think it may be Schmetting. I think against that opponent, you're cognizant as a defensive back to just not give up the big play. You want yeah. a team like that to have to earn everything they get and march all the way down the field, don't make penalties, don't turn the ball over and execute against athleticism that they never see. And so, you know, I get the, the, the lack of, uh, uh, of, of being creative there. But, yeah, at the same time, those guys do have to compete, and, and they should play to a standard. Um, I think Keontae Scott's the guy that's kind of the, the, the guy that's going to rise back there in that secondary. Um, as he gets to learning this defense, he's got all the tools. Um, I'm still not 100% sold that we can lock down a really good receiver without a consistent pass rush. Um, and I think he probably has the tools to be able to do it better than anyone. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how his development goes, but, but I have a, a lot of uh, hope for how he plays. I've really liked seeing what, you know, the things that I've seen out of him, but you know, what you just said, right. About, uh, you know, what's coming up, you, you saw, you saw the experience having experience at quarterback and what it can mean for a team. I watched Penn state's game and, and watched that quarterback look like he, he looked terrible the whole game. Yeah. And, and then when it mattered the most, he marches his team right down the field in consecutive plays and puts them in the end zone with less than a minute left to win a game. And uh, I believe that game was on the road as well. So, you know, you, you got a team that, that's got a quarterback that believes he can do it, that's already beat Auburn, and they've already gone on the road this year. They've been in a tough environment. Um, you know, you better have your defense operating at peak capacity, and you better have defensive backs that are ready to compete because a savvy quarterback will find the weak link, and, and he'll attack that all night long. Yeah. Um, all right, before we get out of here, um, 
Pace Perspective is coming Friday. It's every Friday morning at AuburnLive.com, which is just kind of your uh, sort of a preview of the game slash kind of where your head's at, I think, with this team. Um, without giving too much away, obviously you're still – I think you're still working on what that's going to be, but just a quick teaser, a quick hint of maybe what might be in there, where you think this team is at after week one, um, positive, negative – are you is anything changed after week one? Do you think any differently about what the team can or can't do? Yeah. No, I think if you if you read the first um, the first installation, then then you know that I was I was positive just for uh, you know believing in the kids that chose to come back and play um, another year for Coach Harson, and you know I, I think that they have a a level of um, maturity and togetherness and, um, you know, just discipline that we lacked. Um, I mean, you think about in the last couple of years, all the dang targeting penalties we've got. And, I, and look, I'm, a, I'm not a, a fan of the targeting penalty. Um, yeah. But we've had some silly ones. Um, yeah. And, you know, just some of the things that, uh, that we would do that, um, that leave you shaking your head. I, I, just, um, I just think that these guys are pulling in the same direction now and, um, and that'll give them a chance. So, yeah, I, I don't, I think everything, not everything. I mean, you can always find things to improve, but I'm, I'm definitely still bullish on this team and think that they can, uh, can do a lot to have a good successful season. Um, but they're going to have to solve some, some of these issues at quarterback and, um, you know, make sure that they solidify what they want to do on the offensive line. But, um, I think the column will, will probably just be more about um, um, gathering momentum and, um, you know, staying together because nothing has the potential of being disruptive like having a quarterback battle and guys mm-hmm. breaking into camps. Um, these guys, they want to win. Therefore, whoever gets it gives them the best chance to, to, to win football game. And uh, just maintaining that demeanor and that mentality and handling that well, I think they're mature enough to do that, though. I just don't think we as fans are. Isn't that sad? And and that's probably true. The players have said all the right things, and I believe them. Um, And I've told people, I don't don't think any quarterback is not like like that. I I, I don't think there's an issue of any quarterback having more friends on the team than the other. And so because of that, I think that they're like, hey, we just want to win. I don't think there's like a fan favorite or a, a team favorite. Um, I do, I do think it's going to be interesting to see what TJ looks like in game two, because, uh, there's no doubt his reps are different this week. There's no doubt Robbie's getting more. Um, so I'm curious what, what TJ's attitude, I mean, think about he he fights, he fights, he wins the job, right? You win the job, you get a graphic, all that two interceptions reps change. Like you're like, you know, real quickly, he's probably not happy and now it's his own fall, but, um, you know, it just, now you got to wonder where his head's at. Yeah, so but that's the that's the difference though between where we were last year and where we are this year, in that if if Bo Nix had two interceptions or had a poor game, he knew he wasn't going to be benched. Now they brought somebody in to, you know, to to try to push him and solidify the backup role and have somebody prepared moving forward. But um, TJ doesn't live with that same luxury. And so yeah. I think that that has the uh, the ability to really push him in a way that we haven't seen 
Um, now, look, he, he's got much more body of work than the other guys do, and, and this may be the maximum for T.J. Finley. He, he, he may be operating at peak capacity already. But um, I, I thought that he had improved a lot moving into the season, and um, I think that we'll get his best effort coming forward here in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, but we'll see. I think Robbie Ashford's going to give him a run for it, and we'll see what Calzada can do. Yeah. Well, like Carson said, quarterbacks can improve. So, I mean, Bo improved last year. Bo improved as yeah. the season went. Georgia State was a low point, and he got better. So, yeah. um, we'll kind of have to wait and, and see how it plays out. All right, Rob, uh, I'll let you go. We'll make sure Rob Pace Perspective. I was going to say Rob Pace Perspective. Uh, Pace Perspective, AuburnLive.com, Friday mornings. Be on the lookout for that. Um, and go subscribe to AuburnLive.com if you haven't. You should. You're making a yeah. bad decision if you don't subscribe. Okay. Um, all right, dude. Thanks for all joining right. us. Yep. More eagle, guys.